If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and Romans, the 13th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold up your hand real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand and let's everybody go to uh, 1 Samuel 2, Romans 13. 1 Samuel 2, did you find it? 1 Samuel 2, we studied in previous lesson and read how that the man of God, Eli, who was over the worship of the Lord and the house of the Lord, his sons that were priests in the priest family and had come up and were ministers in the house of the Lord were wicked men. And they were uh, stealing the offerings and they were treating the people badly, and they were having physical affairs with the women that came, and the Lord had cautioned him and warned him, and he knew it was going on, but he just let it keep going. You know, we must not yield to the devil, even if it's our family that's yielding to him. You see, the devil's counting on you loving that flesh so much that you'll put up with him. You'll let him in. But you must not do it because you're not going to help them by yielding to the devil and making provision and accepting them doing it. The best thing you ever did was go all the way with God and not compromise. In 1 Samuel 2, the Lord said to them, verse 29, he said, why are you kicking at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation? And you honor your sons above me. To make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Say that last phrase out loud with me, please. Them that honor me. I will honor. Say that again. Them that honor me, I will honor. And the last part's just as true. They that despise me, what will happen to them? They'll be lightly esteemed, which is the definition of despising. In modern usage of the word despise, people have generally the concept of detesting something. But that is not the full meaning of the word in the Bible usage. Ignoring something is despising it. Notice uh, those that despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. Now the word for honor literally means heavy, weighty. What's the opposite of heavy? Light. And these terms, these definitions open up your understanding Those that honor me, what would that mean? Those that treat me and my things as weighty, precious, heavy, substantive, valuable, precious. I will treat them as substantive. Their things, their life, their needs. But those that treat my things and treat me as unimportant, trivial, insignificant, they'll be lightly treated and lightly esteemed. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. 
Now we are uh, suffering today in this country from the generation of rebellion of the 60s. And now we have three generations that have no concept of honor and respect. And we've got uh, children that just talk and treat their parents and grandparents just any way. And we've got adults that will just talk to their elders and leaders just any way. And just don't even realize how disrespectful and dishonoring they are. It's a big problem. I said it's a big problem with the Lord because when you treat him and his things and his people as light and trivial, what's going to happen to you? You are going to be a light, insignificant person. And your things are going to be treated as insignificant and trivial. Because whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Now here's the good news. (laughs) Thank God we're not ignorant of the Lord and His things. He's taught us much just in the last few years since we've been together. He's taught us much. And all of it has built and brought us to here. And it's promotion time. I said it's promotion time. But it'll not happen automatically. The Lord would honor us. He desires to increase us, to advance us, to promote us, to bless us, to make us more fruitful and and more productive, more of a blessing, more of a benefit. But that's going to be tied directly to what? Us learning how to honor Him more, make more of Him and His things. Those that honor me, what did he say? I will honor. Look in uh, Romans, please, the 13th chapter. Romans 13. I'm excited about this teaching, this series. I believe it's very significant. I know it is. And that it is tied to some of the greatest desires of our hearts. We talked about honor. Those that honor me, he said, I will honor. One of the greatest ways he honors us is with his presence. With his presence. You know, and in the world we know. A person of great significance, they honor you just by showing up at your event. By coming to it. By being there. When they had 500 other places they could have been that day. And they chose to be with you. They honored you. They honored the people that are with you. They honored your entity. Your business. Your service. Your your whatever. Well the greatest one of all. Is the Lord our God. And he is everywhere. In spirit. But he's not manifested everywhere. His presence is not many. You know there's some places. You might fly and, and get off the plane there. And you think man. This is a God-forsaken place. I mean, it just feels evil. But he's there. I said he's there. But when people don't yield to him and don't honor him and they yield to wrong spirits, it seems like he's not there. Because he's not in manifestation. Nobody's honoring him. So he's not able to honor them with his presence. Oh, but those that honor him, those that reverence him, that treasure him, that hang on his every word. That count the gifts of his spirit. 
and uh, manifestations of his presence, the most wonderful, the most holy, the most desirable thing, they that hunger and thirst shall be filled. This is, you know, the greatest desire of my heart is the manifestation of his presence, his things. And that is directly tied to people coming to him. Didn't he say, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. So you ought to be wanting people to get saved. That's what I just got through saying. The more God shows up, people will come from everywhere. You won't have to come up with some type of program to get people to come. When God is in the house and things are happening, people will come just out of curiosity and then stay to get saved. Oh, do we want him to manifest his presence in a greater measure than we have experienced before? What's it tied to? Help me out. What's it connected to? He would honor, he desires to honor us with more of his presence and more of his works and more of his manifestations. But we're going to have to honor him more. That's the issue. And the further I go into this, you know, I was able to serve with uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin. Uh, senior for years, Phyllis and I, and uh, the last many years of his life, he'd say this over and over again. He would talk about there's a lack of reverence and a lack of respect, and it was hindering the move of the Spirit. And the further we go, the more I see it, that is it. People clamor about this and that, but we're not waiting on God. I said, we're not waiting on God. He's always on. You don't have to talk him into it or, or beg or plead with him. The problem is people are so irreverent, so disrespectful, so dishonoring of him and of his things and his words. And a lot of this disrespect is just an indifference. I mean, a catchword of our generation is whatever. <laughs> and, you know, so much with people, is no big deal, no big deal. Ah, whatever. No big deal. Ah, that's fine. Anything's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's sacred. Nothing's important. That's why nobody dresses up for anything anymore. Nobody makes a big deal out of anything. Oh, it's just us. We just pay. Now, you don't have to be uptight. You don't have to be in bondage. But don't use your freedom and liberty as an excuse to be disrespectful. See, people have gone too far. Now, you know, I'm not suggesting that everybody has to wear a coat and tie and suit or a a fancy dress. And I know a lot of people don't have a lot of extra money yet (laughs) to buy a bunch of clothes. And uh, coat and tie is Western. You know, in other parts of the world, you wouldn't want to wear this at all. But if you only got three pair of jeans and two T-shirts... Wear your good pair to the service. Are you listening to me? Wash them. Get them looking good. Wear your good t-shirt. Are you all with me now? Why? Make a difference between coming to worship God or cutting the grass in your backyard. And it's not about spending a bunch of money. It's not about certain styles. It's just about having some respect. For the things of God. Does that make sense? 
Romans 13, did you find that? Romans 13 and verse uh, 7. Romans 13, 7. He said, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. Listen to uh, God's Word translation. And uh, the NIV, several others say a similar thing. Uh, Pay everyone what you owe them, verse 7. If you owe taxes, pay them. If you owe tolls, pay them. If you owe someone respect, respect that person. If you owe someone honor, honor that person. Verse 8, he went on to say, pay your debts as they come due. However, one debt you can never finish is the debt of love. That's the same translation there. But he's talking about paying debts, isn't he? And included in paying taxes, paying bills, paying obligations, paying debts, he says pay respect. We use that term today, pay your respects. Well, this is, we need mind renewal in this area. Because he's saying you owe respect, you owe honor, and you should pay what you owe. Well, so many people, they primarily only think about that other people owe them respect. (laughs) And a lot of folks are even demanding that you respect me. You're going to respect me. You're going to respect me in my house. You're going to respect. They never have to respect you. And you yelling and flailing your arms is not going to make them respect you. People don't respect you because you demand it. You know, criminals say, well, I'll get my gun and you'll show me some respect. That ain't respect. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's coercion. They'll do what you uh, tell them to do as long as you got the gun up against their head. But that's got nothing to do with them having any respect for you or any honor for you. You don't demand respect. You don't demand honor. And on the other hand, a lot of people are demanding that you respect me, while at the same time they're withholding respect from others unless and until they determine that they have earned their respect or deserve their respect. Both of these are totally contrary to Scripture. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's worldly, ungodly thinking. We need our minds renewed. I said we need our minds renewed. What does the Bible tell you to do? The Bible tells you that you owe people respect. You owe it to them. And uh, so much of this has to do with what he has done, not what they have done. For instance, the Bible tells you to honor your mother and father. And that doesn't mean that everything your mother and father has done is perfect and right. And there may be some things your mother and father has done that is difficult for you to respect. But if you don't respect the place that they have in your life, then you don't respect the God who picked them from all the billions on the planet to be your mother and father. Are you with me, friends? And you show people respect by right of the place that God gave them. You owe it 
to them respective of what they do or don't do. It's too quiet. Am I quoting scriptures or not? So we got to get our minds renewed about this. Uh, Just by right of people having a place, you owe them a certain amount of respect, uh, respective of what they have or haven't done, and you should pay what you owe. You should show that respect. You should show that honor. Now, uh, we gave the definition. You can be turning to Matthew if if you'd like. Matthew uh, 15. We talked about what honor is, the definitions, what respect is. It has to do with valuing something, esteeming something. You'll see this time and time again. Human nature is selfish, self-absorbed, self-interested, thinking about what others should give me and others should do for me. But the problem with that, if all you're thinking about is somebody else respecting you, then you are sowing nothing. You're trying to reap a harvest and you've sown no seed. (laughs) Are you with me? But uh, if you are showing respect, if you are giving honor, then there's something to reap. What did the Lord say? Those that honor me, what's going to happen? What happens first? You getting honored, are you honoring him? You reaping honor, are you sowing honor? And isn't it true that honoring those he says to honor is honoring him? If he says honor them, you don't need anything out of them as a reason to honor. You honor them just because he said to. If he said honor them, that ought to be good enough for you. You ought not be sitting there scrutinizing everything that they do or don't do or say or don't say. You just, you owe it to them. And the Bible said pay what you owe. Well, we owe God honor. We owe his word honor. We owe his spirit honor. Don't we? We owe his things honor. We owe it. Let's get to paying it. Let's get to paying it. And if you... If you pay honor, then you're going to reap from the honor that you sowed. Can you say amen? Uh, I wrote this down. Pay the respect you owe, and you'll reap the respect you sow. (laughs) Pay the respect you owe, and you'll reap the respect you sow. Did you find Matthew 15? Now, Before we go further into what honor is and how it works, let's talk some about what it's not, what real honor is not. Matthew 15, verse 4. It says, God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother. And he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. Did you know under the first covenant what happened if a man... If a young man, a young young woman got up in mom and daddy's face and cussed them and slapped them, you know what happened to them? They died. They were executed. How far we've come. <laughs> and there was no provision made in case mom and daddy did something stupid. There was no exception clause. It's just, this is something you don't do. 
Now, like we said, we're suffering from the rebellion sown even back in the 60s. And now we've got second and third generation folks that have grown up and have no concept of what honor is and what respect is. They're ignorant of it. They don't even realize how rude, how disrespectful they're being. We need mind renewal, don't we? Are you open for it? Do you desire it? Now, the Lord won't push something off on you that you don't want. You have to hunger for it. Say it out loud to the Lord. Say, Father, teach me about this. I'm hungry for it. Show me what is true honor. Hallelujah. You believe he'll do that for you? He'll help you with that? He said, uh, he that curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, whosoever shall say to his father or mother, it's a gift by whatsoever you might be profited by me and honor not his father or mother, he shall be free, and thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Jesus interpreted honoring mother and father as doing something for them materially and financially. Jesus interpreted it this way. And you'll you'll see again and again when we're talking about honor, offerings will come in, and money will come in, and stuff will come in. It's all tied together. See how excited everybody got when you, when you bring that up? It's just a fact. <laughs> People who don't honor with money and stuff don't honor the other way either. It's just not there. And that's what we're getting to. He went on to say, they came up with this spiritual thing that if my life and my funds, my monies are dedicated to the Lord and His service. So that relieves me of responsibility of doing anything for mom and daddy. And the Lord said, you have uh, replaced the Word of God with your something you came up with, with your tradition. Keep reading. Verse 7, He said, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, this people draws near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. This is something that you'll see. You'll see when it comes to honor and respect, it's just either totally absent, no sign of it there, or so many times it's just empty, flattering words, and there's no real honor there. Honor is not just words. Honor is in the heart. Are y'all with me, friends? Go with me over to the 22nd chapter of Matthew, the same book of Matthew. He said, they honor me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. 22.16, Matthew 22.16, these individuals sent out to him their disciples with the Herodians, and they said, Master... We know you are true, and you teach the way of God in truth, and you don't care and don't regard the persons of men. Verse 17, tell us, what do you think? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Verse 18, Jesus perceived their wickedness and says, why are you tempting me, you hypocrites? Did you notice how they started? Master. Master. 
Oh, you tell the truth and, and you're so fair and oh, they, they're, they're honoring him. But there's not an ounce of honor in their heart for him. Can you see this? And you'll find this over and over again that there are people that talk, <laughs> you know, that's one of the big draws and appeals to some of the criminal organizations is, you know, the respect. And so many times it's just junk. It's just words. Because when it comes down to it, they're cussing them behind their back. And when it comes to them getting in trouble, they're going to sell everybody out. I mean, what we're talking about today does not exist outside the body of Christ. Does not exist outside of God. There are imitations of it. And people that don't know the real thing, they're taken in by all the flattering words and all the talk, but it's not there. It's not there. I'm hungry for the real. How about you? I'm hungry for the real. I want to know and experience it. I want to be that. I want to have that. God is great. Our God is the greatest. Greatest. He's everything. He ought to be honored. Amen. He ought to be revered. He ought to be worshipped and respected. And, and those that do honor him, he's going to honor those. Thank you, Master. Go with me to 1 Samuel, if you would, please. See, these guys had one thing in their mouth, but there was something else in their heart. They're supposed to be honor and respect in their mouth, but it wasn't in their heart. And it'll come out if it's not there. You know, a lot of times honor and respect is in what you don't say. (laughs) A lot of times honor and respect is in keeping your mouth shut. (laughs) Everybody got excited about that one too, didn't they? (laughs) Is it true or not? Honor and respect, a lot of it is what you don't do, what you didn't say. I know there's been times that uh, I've been around elders and uh, been in situations with people that were in places above me, and I just knew the best way for me to honor and respect right now is to stay seated and keep my mouth shut. But what if they're wrong? Well, is it my place to say anything? What if they are? Is it my place to do anything? No, see, uh, so many people have no concept of this. I know uh, when the church first started, you know, I, I want to be open and agreeable and, and uh, easy to approach. But the Lord's corrected me on some things. Uh, I was here one service and I was around the front and, and a guy was over in the corner there. He said, hey, preach, come here. And so I, I trotted over there, and he was just as disrespectful the rest of the time. And I let him pour stuff into my ear for 20 minutes. And, and uh, as I walked away, the Lord said, don't you do that anymore. You'll let him think that I'm like that. He can treat me like that. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. How do you do that? We've already said you don't demand that anybody respect you. So how do you do that? You want to know? 
we must learn some things or we are going to miss out on some precious things of God, moves of God, miracles. These things are directly tied to us honoring him. God showing up and doing things is honoring us, isn't it? If he did some things here that he's not doing just all over the place, there has to be a reason because he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. It would only be because we were respecting him more and honoring him more. And that would only be by the grace of God too. But some people desire it and others don't care. Hmm? And I want you stirred up. So you know how we do. I'm on it now. I'm on it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to camp on it. We're going to look under every verse and talk about every word and until we get a fire burning in us. And what we have lost in previous generations, we get back and then some. Come on now, and then some. There's no reason why you and I couldn't have more honor and respect for the things of God than any generation before us. No reason why we can't. No reason why we can't. And some of us might have got a a late start, but the Lord knows where we came from and what we had and didn't have. And thank God he can make it up. He has the ability. If you're teachable and you want it and you're hungry, you can get it in a hurry. You can get it quickly. And I'm convinced if we'll all come to a greater place of honor and respect, we'll immediately begin to see greater manifestations of the Spirit of God, of the move of God. Well, it's happening. I said it's happening and it should just happen more and more and stronger and stronger. Can you say thank you Lord? First Samuel 13. You know a lot of people go to church like they're going to flea market. (laughs) Like they're going to rotary club or you know what I'm saying? It's just the reverence is not there. The respect is not there. And some people, like we talked about last time, they get in a ditch on the other side of the road and they think reverence is being hard and harsh and rigid and you can't have any fun and you can't enjoy No, no, that's got nothing to do with the honor of God either. Honor's of the heart. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about what you value, what is precious to you, what's important to you. And when God's important to you, it shows the way you talk, the way you approach things and people, the way you do things, what you don't say, what you don't do, the Lord's working in us. I said he's working in us today, tomorrow, in these days, working in us to will and do of all his good pleasure. Do you believe it? Are you yielding to him? Did you say my mind is changing? My soul is changing. My being is changing. I'm going to see things like the Lord sees them. I'm going to hear them. I'm going to perceive them. I'm going to treat them the way they ought to be treated. There's some things are valuable and some things are worthless. Some things you ought to give your full attention and resources to. Other things are a total waste of your time. And by the wisdom of God, he's going to show us what they are. What's important and what's not. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's no doubt a number of people that ought to be in here with us this morning. They ought to be in here in the chair. But it was no big deal. Whether they went or whether they didn't. No big deal. Whether they make themselves available to serve on a team. No big deal. Whether they give. No big deal. 
Well, they're treating the things of God like that. How are their things going to be treated? No big deal. Hmm? You know, no big deal. When the Lord needs them, I, you know, no big deal whether I do it or not. Well, then it's going to be no big deal whether he does it or not when you need something. Now, am I making this up? Or what did he say? Those that honor me, what about those that don't honor him? They'll be lightly, you lightly esteem him, you're going to be lightly esteemed. No. Nobody wants to be insignificant. Nobody wants to be unimportant. And how are you going to become a person of substance, a person of value, a person whose words and deeds matter? It starts with what you choose to value, what you choose to honor and value, what you praise, what you esteem shows what you are on the inside. First uh, Samuel 13. First Samuel 13:14, Saul, even though the Lord chose him, had been rebellious, had not done what the Lord told him to do repeatedly. And so now the man of God tells him, verse 14, "Your kingdom is not going to continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord's commanded him to be captain over his people. Because you've not kept that which the Lord commanded you. Who was this man? A man after God's own heart. David. The New Testament refers to this. Acts 13.22. You don't have to turn there. But Acts 13.22 says when he had removed him, Saul, he raised up to them David to be their king. To whom also he, God, gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Which shall fulfill all my will. Now, David is obviously, the Lord Himself said it, He's a man after His own heart. What made Him that way? Well, I believe there's more than one thing, but I can see one big thing that made Him that way was His understanding and His possession of honor. If you studied the writings that speak of Him, you can't miss it. It just keeps coming up again and again about how he honored God, how he honored the things of God, how he honored others, and God honored him. God honored him. I want us to take a few moments today and look at some examples of what he did and didn't do and and how he operated because this honor has not changed. Through all these thousands of years, the honor and glory of God is exactly the same today as it was when David walked the earth. God doesn't change. Doesn't need to. He's perfection. And uh, do you desire for what was in David that God would say he's like my heart? Would you desire that that to be in you? And to get in you? Then say it out loud, I want it, Lord. What was in David? What it was about him that you liked that you said was after your own heart. I want that in me. I want to be like that. I receive it. In Jesus name. Now the words we're about to read. Possess what you just asked for. It is in these words. And it can come out of these words. Into you. The next few minutes. 
and continue working in you the rest of your life. I remember in my early teens reading these passages, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and reading these passages and reading about David and Samuel and the mighty men and the exploits. Something got in me. I couldn't explain it. But it set me on a quest. Even in school, I wanted to read about uh, tribal stuff. I wanted to read. I'd check out books and my buddies would laugh at me. What do you want to read that for? And I didn't know what I was looking for, but it was the honor that appealed to me. I see it now. And the seed that got in me was right here. And it continued to grow. I mean, it touched me. Sometimes I'd be reading it and tears would come to my eyes. And I didn't know why. But I didn't realize I'm touching the heart of God. I'm getting a glimpse into what he is on the inside. And God comments about David. He's like my own heart. Read about this. Go to 1 Chronicles, please. 1 Chronicles 19. Verse 1 says, It came to pass after this Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his stead. And David said, I will show kindness unto Hanan, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. People of honor remember what others have done for them, even into the next generation. People who don't know respect forget. Unless it's going to benefit me some way, you know, that's all ancient history and water under the bridge. But he said, I want to show him kindness. So David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. And if you read the whole passage, you'll see he sent his some of his elders and people in his royal staff. These are men of uh, position. And he sent them with a message to convey from David his consideration during this man's time that he's uh, grieving. And he wanted him to know that he esteemed his father and wanted him to know that just like he was his father's friend, he would be his friend. And that he cared about what was happening with him. And so these men came and no doubt they were very gracious No doubt they were representing their king as they should have been. But the princes of the children of Ammon said to Hanan, Do you think David's honoring your father? He's really sent these comforters to you? Are not his servants come to you to search and overthrow and spy out the land? And so Hanan took David's servants and shaved them and cut off their garments in the midst hard by their buttocks and sent them away. This is representative of some of our generation today. God would try to show some things of honor and respect and people have such a, they're so clueless and so ignorant about it, they can't accept that there's no ulterior motive. That you're really trying to bless them and honor them. I've had the Lord send me to people to do things and I'd endeavor to do it. Let me send you to do this. Let me pay for this. Let me take care. And they look at you like, what do you want? I don't want anything. Well, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. What, uh, you'll need something in return. No, not a thing. And people get huffy. And they get bent out of shape. Why? Because they have no honor. Why did these people, why could, they could not believe 
that David's really trying to show respect and honor. Why? Because they think he must be like they are. And they wouldn't have been doing this unless there was some ulterior motive. Can you see this? And that's the generation we live in today. Many are the same way. Say it out loud. Not us. Not our children. Not our grandchildren. The Lord's helping us. Look in the uh, 17th chapter. Scripture said where the word of the king is, there's power. There is no word of God that is void of power or incapable of fulfillment. These words that are, we are reading about right now, the substance of honor is in them. If you'll open up your spirit real wide, not to me, to the word. If you'll open up your spirit real wide and drink this in and by faith pull it into yourself, what was in David that was after God's own heart will come in you. It'll come into you. And it'll just keep working in you and growing stronger the rest of your life. Say it out loud. Amen. amen. You know what amen means? So be it. So be, it. be it unto me. Well, say that out loud. Be it unto me. According to your words. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 17. Listen to this. Verse 1. It came to pass as David sat in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord remains under curtains. Nathan said to David, Do all that's in your heart, for God is with you. You learn something about honor. See, a lot of people is every man for himself. Paul said he had learned that all seek their own, not the things that are Christ Jesus. But David is saying, wait up now. I'm living in this mansion. And the ark's out there in a tent still. That's not right. And he's not just talking. He's ready to put the full force of his kingdom behind, making something happen in a change. And so the man of God, he obviously respects the king too. He says, uh, well, do whatever you do whatever you got in your heart because the Lord's with you. But he didn't get out of the courtyard good until the Lord tell him, said, no, go back and tell him he's not the one to build the house. But tell him this. <laughs> Somebody say honor. 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 These chapters are full of it. He said, uh, verse 3, it came to pass the same night the word of God came to Nathan. He said, go and tell David my servant. Thus says the Lord, you shall not build me a house to dwell in. I've not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel from this day. I've gone from tent to tent, from tabernacle to another. I've walked with all Israel. Did I ever say a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people and say, why haven't you built me a house of cedars? Now, therefore, thus shall you say to your servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheep coat, even from following the sheep, that you should be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have walked. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. I've made you a name like the name of great men that are in the earth. And I'll ordain a place for my people Israel and I'll plant them and they'll dwell in their place and they'll be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more as at the beginning. And how many know the Lord's got a place for you? He does. He's got places for you. 
And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover I will subdue all your enemies. Furthermore, I tell you that the Lord will build you a house. How did this start? Come on. How did this start? How did it start? David is sitting there thinking, what can I do for the Lord? How can I honor him? And he realizes, well, look where the ark is. That's not nice enough for the ark. Look here, I'm living in this big palace. We got to make us a place. And it pleased the Lord that this was in his heart, even though he was not the one to do it. And to jump ahead of myself a little bit, when he realized I'm not the one to do it, he said, well, that don't mean I can't get ready. (laughs) And he prepared (laughs) with all his might. And he conquered enemy nations all round about them. And the first thing he did when he conquered them was clean out their banks (laughs) and set it aside. For the building of the Lord's house. (laughs) Now we don't operate exactly like that today. But the principle's the same. (laughs) Well, I could have some comments, but I think I better keep them to myself. Is it true that the wealth of the sinner and the wicked is laid up for the just? It's true. For those that will honor the Lord... And have mercy on the poor. The Bible teaches. A lot of people who are claiming the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. They lack in honor for the Lord. They're claiming it. But they don't qualify. Do you want to qualify? Another message. Another sermon. So he told him. He said I'm going to build you a house. And it'll come to pass when your days are expired and you go to be with your fathers. I'll raise up your seed after you, which will be of your sons. And I'll establish his kingdom and he will build me a house and I'll establish his throne forever. Well, that's maybe even better. (laughs) That the Lord will let your son do it. Thank you, Master. I'll be his father. He'll be my son. I'll not take my mercy away from him. And he goes on to talk about some other things that he'll do. And so Nathan went and told David what the Lord had told him. In verse 16, David the king came and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me hitherto to this place? And yet, this was a small thing in your eyes, O God, for you've spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come, and you've regarded me according to the state of a man of high degree, O Lord God. Is he talking about honoring David? Why? Where did it start? With him having such a desire to honor God. Come on, can you see this, friends? And he said, uh, and what can David speak more to you for the honor of your servant? For you know your servant. O Lord, for your servant's sake and according to your own heart, have you done all his greatness in making known all these great things? Lord, there's none like you. There's neither any God beside you according to all that we've heard with our ears. What nation in the earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem to be his own people, to make you a name of greatness and terribleness, driving out nations before your people whom you've redeemed out of Egypt? And he goes on to say, you know, Lord, do what you said you would do. Uh, Verse 25, 
because you've said this, your servant, that you're going to build him a house, I have found it in my heart to pray this before you. Can you see David, when he heard this word, I can picture it. The man of God came in and he said, the Lord spoke to me last night. And anything else that was going on, I assure you, it stopped. Maybe they had business for him. They had this and that for him. He said, no, no, leave, leave us, leave us. He said, tell me what the Lord said. He said, the Lord said that you're not going to build him the house. I'm sure he didn't like to hear that. He said, but it's good that you had it in your heart. And he went on to tell him this and tell him that and all the things that we just read. And he said, and the Lord says, he's going to build you a house. (laughs) And he's going to raise up your son. And he's going to get to build my house. And I'm going to establish your seed for generations to come. I think David teared up. I think he said, I need to go to the house of the Lord. And so he went by himself and he sat down in the middle of the floor. He said, God, I was following the sheep around. I was the boy they wouldn't even bring for the prophet to see. I was the criminal with his face in every post office and on the lamb for years. And you used me. You gave me this place. You let me be over your people. And not only that, but you tell me, I I want to build you a house, but you say, you're going to build me a house. Oh, God. You're so good. Somebody say honor. Honor. Say honor. 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 Who does God honor? Those who honor him. Who does God honor more, greater? Those who honor him more greater. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. 29th chapter. 29th chapter. When David heard that he realized I can't do it. The Lord's not going to let me do it. But I can do everything but. He prayed and sought God until God gave him the blueprints for the place. He had the whole thing drawn out, specked out, ready. And he started setting money aside. You talk about God accounts. Oh, brother. I don't mean a thousand here and a thousand there. Millions upon millions and just kept putting millions and millions back. And finally the day came where he's old. His uh, son Solomon is taking the reins. He knows he's soon to leave this earth. But he has one great final honor of overseeing the great offering for the work of God before they break ground and start building. And it's recorded right here in chapter 29. Does this stir you up or not? Oh, come on. You got to be stirred up about this. Huh? Woo. What did I say? First Chronicles 29. 
Verse 1. David the king said to all the congregation. Now you get the picture. Everybody, everybody is here today. Everybody. And everybody's got their good hat on. Everybody. I mean, this is the event of the decade. And David gets up and he says, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, he's still young, he's still tender, and the work is great. Another passage says, the house that the Lord is to be built must be exceeding magnificent. He said, it's got to be off the chart. And money, we don't care how much it costs. (laughs) He said, because it's not for, the palace is not for man. It's for the Lord God. Verse 2. Now picture him, David's old. They've been through some rough stuff. You know, a lot of things have happened that shouldn't have happened. But God has restored them and forgiven them and spared them. And in spite of all the stuff they missed it and all the stuff the devil did, they're still here. About to break ground on the plan of God. He said, I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. Gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, stones, uh, marble. He went on. Moreover, verse 5, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, I've given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. So he had the royal treasuries full of money and his personal treasuries. And he said, and they're both going into the offering today. Oh, he said, I, I've set 3,000 talents, and he names it off. If you add it up by today's standard, it's about 1.5 plus billion with a B. And then he said, verse 5, who else is willing to consecrate his service this day to the Lord? And the chief of the fathers, and the princes of the tribes, and the captains of thousands and hundreds, and rulers of kings, they offered willingly. And they gave gold, silver, brass, and it amounted to about 2.6 billion with a B. I mean, they're already at four plus billion, and the day's not over. You understand, you don't think like this, and you certainly don't do these kind of things if the Word of God and the things of God and the house of God are just ho-hum to you. (laughs) So the people rejoiced. They offered willingly. With a perfect heart, they offered willingly. David the king rejoiced with great joy. And then he starts prophesying. Of course, you know he wrote songs, don't you? He'd break out in song just any time. He blessed the Lord before all the congregation. He said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that's in the heaven and in the earth is yours. In your kingdom, O Lord, you're exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you. You reign over all that's in your power. Your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Is he honoring God? He's honoring God with his substance, with his money, with his resources. He's honoring God with his words. He's honoring God with his praise. He's honoring God with his 
uh, song. Do you think he loves the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all his strength? Is it showing up? Is it coming out? Did he honor God? Was he and is he a man after God's own heart? And tell me what God did for him. Did he honor this man? He watched. The Bible said everywhere David went, God gave him victory. Every, I'm quoting scripture. Everywhere he went. Somebody say everywhere he went. Why? There was something on this man. There was grace. There was wisdom. There was victory. Why? Because he loved God and he honored God. And God responded to him and honored him. And he set much store in the things of God. And God set much store in him and his children and his family. Too many people got no time for God. Got no time, got no money, got no resources, got no concern, got no care for the things of God. And they don't realize that that's what they're reaping too. Their life has become inconsequential. They lack the anointing, they lack the grace, they lack the glory. Not us. Say it out loud, not us. us. By the grace of God. God. Not us. Not us. us. Can you see, when God honors you, it'll move you inside. And the correct response is humility and thanksgiving. Because he, you know, he didn't have to do this. But it goes on to say, he said, who am I? And what is my people that we've been able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of you and of your own have we given you. I mean, if you hadn't given it to us, we couldn't have given it to you. And so he describes about how uh, that everybody has given and offered willingly. And they praise the Lord in verse 20. They blessed the Lord and all the congregation blessed the Lord. And they bowed down their heads and they worshiped the Lord and the king. Man, they, how many know David? Everybody loves him today. I mean... And not long after this, he goes home. This is right at the end of his life. This is a way to go. Is this a way to go? On your part and shot, you put two or three billion in the work of God. (laughs) And you have a Holy Ghost service where God just comes down and... ah. (laughs) Glory to God. Who gets to do these kind of things? Those that honor God. Verse 28. And he died in a good old age. Full of days. Riches. And honor. Now this is after Bathsheba. Somebody say mercy of God. Mercy of God. See the devil will tell you. You've messed up too bad. You could never be honorable again. You could never have honor again. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. David messed up horribly. Horribly. He was the architect of Uriah's death. He took the man's wife. He went through a lot of stuff after that. And the Lord was saying this to me. This week, I shared it with Phyllis. I saw it, you know, different seeing something than hearing it. So many think because they have failed tests 
some way or another the Lord doesn't love them as much or he didn't love them anymore. That's not true. I said that's not true. Just because you failed or you failed a test, it may mean he can't promote you yet. It may mean you've got to go back and take that test again. You've got to pass it before he can do some things. But it doesn't mean he stopped loving you. He still loves you. I don't care if you've missed it horribly, terribly. Just because you failed some test does not mean he stopped loving you or that he even loves you any less. Say it out loud. He loves me. And this is a wonderful word. That even if you've horribly, and and you've done some terribly disrespectful, dishonorable things. The Lord told David, he said, because of what you've done, you've opened the door for people to reproach God and reproach the things of God. And it was years that he paid dearly for it. But. (laughs) Somebody say, but. But I'm reading here after all that. And he's standing here. On a day of honor and glory. And the Lord's glory is coming down. He's glorifying and honoring God. God's honoring him and using him. Somebody say glory to God. And when he died, he died in what? Honor. Honor. And when you see him in heaven, don't bring up anything about that Bathsheba stuff. We're talking about honor. Give honor to those to whom honor is due. Don't you say one word about it because it's under the blood. It's gone. And if the Lord's got nothing to say about it and he's okay about it, then you need to shut up about it. No. Just smile and go, tell me about that offering, David. Tell me about that offering was off the chart, man. Tell me about it. He'll brighten them and say, oh, that was a day. That was a day. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me over to uh, uh, 1 Chronicles 11. Back up to the 11th chapter. What made David a man after God's own heart? One of the big things is he, he understood honor. He was a man of honor. He honored God and God honored him. In 1 Chronicles 11, this is the chapter, among other things, of David's mighty men. Have you heard about David's mighty men? And one of the words that's used repeatedly about David's mighty men is that they were men of honor and honorable men. They were courageous men, brave men, strong men, but the Bible emphasizes not their strength, but their honor. And honor makes you strong. In, uh, let me see, for time's sake. Let me, let me skip down, then we'll back up. We'll do it like this. It mentions, verse 20, his honorable men. Abishai, this is First uh, Chronicles eleven twenty. The brother of Joab, he was chief of the three. He lift up his spear against 300 he slew uh, and had a name among the three. I guess so. Of the three, he was more what? Honorable than the two, for he was their captain. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, he slew two lion-like men of Moab, and he went down and slew a lion in a pit in a snowy day. He went hand to hand with a lion, 
and there was snow on the ground. He slew an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits high in the Egyptian's hand, a spear like a weaver's beam. He went down to him with a staff, a stick, and he plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. This is a giant that people would be scared to even go face. He went to him without a weapon, took his great big spear away from him and killed him with it. You talk about courage. But it's not just courage that is emphasized. What's emphasized? Honor. Now the thing that is uh, interesting about this, and we need to, to remind ourselves of this, is that they did not start out this way. We read this and are in awe of these men that are so courageous and so honorable. Let me read the description to them back a little while earlier. 1 Samuel 22, 1. David departed and went to the cave of Dullam and his brethren and his fathers. Uh, when they went down, this is right when uh, David had to run away from home. No, he has, he's not king. He has nobody around him at this point until right now. Verse 2. Everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves to him. <laughs> That's just the bunch you want. <laughs> Got no money, got no joy, got no peace, a bunch of broke, gripers. (laughs) That's who you're reading about over here in the Mighty Man chapter. Oh, something amazing happened to them from there to here. They turned into... Some of the most amazing, courageous, honorable men in history. What happened to them? They got around David. What he was, he got from God. And those that were around him were affected by that. Then they began to honor what he honored, which is God. And God honored them by increasing them and making them stronger and stronger. And You know, these exploits we read about, they're not natural. These guys didn't have fear like most people have. They did things that people would be too afraid, too weak to do. How could they do it? God put something in them. He put his courage, his strength in them. He honored them. Can you see this? He honored them. Why would he honor them? Because they honored him. Where did they learn this? They learned this from David. They learned this from God. In closing, look at this. In this uh, first Chronicles, that that same 11th chapter. Verse 15. Three of the 30 captains went down to the rock to David, to the cave of Adullam and the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the hold, and the Philistines' garrison was then at Bethlehem. David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. And the three broke through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took and brought it to David. They're at war. These three men happened to hear David looking over at this well, which is an enemy-occupied area, 
that should have been theirs and saying, oh, I, I wish I had some water from that well. I wish we had that back. And, and, uh, and uh, these three heard it. And one of them said, did you hear what our king said? I heard it. The other one said, well, I think the king ought to have some water. <laughs> the other one said, me too. Well, the other one said, well, why don't we just go get it? These three broke through the enemy line to get into enemy territory. I guess they fought back to back. Two are fighting while one's drawing. (laughs) And once they got the water, they got to fight their way back to get back out of enemy territory, to get back through the line. This is amazing. Over what? Now, I see a lot of people would call this Just foolish. Just a death wish. But the Lord obviously helped them. (laughs) They made it out. And they made it back. And they came and knocked on the tent door. Whatever you do on a tent door. (laughs) And they said, oh, king. And he said, yes. They said, we have something for you. He came out. They offered him a jug of water. Of course, it's just a jug, just a water. He says, well, thank you. And they said, well, this is special water from, from the Bethlehem well. Just came in just now. <laughs> Look at it. Verse 18. David would not drink of it. Now, see, a lot of people wouldn't understand that. See, we, we talked about Hanun. He didn't understand when David was trying to show him honor. A lot of people would read this and go, this is ridiculous. They shouldn't have done that. That was too dangerous. And now that they brought it back, he's not even going to drink it. This is ridiculous. That's people that don't understand honor. He held it up. He said, I can't drink this. This is like the blood of the men that, that went to get it from me. This is too precious for me to drink. And the Bible said he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. Were these men honored when he did that? Yes, they understood it. They wouldn't have done what they did if they hadn't understood honor. He poured it out. He said, God forbid that I should do this thing, that I drink the blood of the men that put their lives in jeopardy. For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. He wouldn't drink it. And then it talks about the mighty men, the mighty men of honor that not too many years before were the broke, in debt, <laughs> desperate, hopeless griping, complaining. Now they have become men of this caliber. Such a caliber that God would record for all generations to read about and hear about. That lets me know that no matter how you grew up or where you've been or how ignorant you have failed, you can become a man of honor. You can become a woman of honor. You can become someone after God's own heart. You can understand how he thinks and operate in ways that you never imagined before and show him more honor than you ever knew about. And he's going to turn around then and honor you beyond your wildest dreams and raise you up and use you and bless you and increase you. I'm telling you by the word of the Lord, it's promotion time. The Lord would promote us and bless us and increase us, but it can't happen until we learn how to honor Him more.
How many volunteer for this? Your, your heart longs for this. You, you want to know more about this. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands up. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we give You glory. We give You honor. We magnify You. We praise You. Oh, we thank You. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Oh, hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.